blessing us with people who have been giving online. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, folks online, for these offerings. We bless you. We ask God to bless you back in the area where you need with abundance. And, Father, we thank you for opening up your word to us today. We thank you, Lord, for these healing meetings that we are having, that we are sending forth health, healing, and wholeness to everybody within the sound of my voice. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So we're going to talk about the fact that you can take it because it's yours. Amen? Take it. It's yours. Amen? Amen. So um, it's uh, amazing how much how much difference it makes your perspective on what you need from God we all have needs there's nothing wrong with admitting that you have a need especially to the Lord and admit it with expectation that he will meet that need and so uh, when we go to God we don't go uh, in a if situation and just whining and crying like it's a last resort but we go uh, to him in expectation why because we have a covenant with him we have a guarantee for needs being met we have a guarantee of uh, shalom which means uh, peace in every area of our lives that we are made whole there's nothing missing nothing broken nothing if it's not visible it's it's we have an assurance that it's in the invisible realm on its way as long as we hold on to faith. Uh, there are things that God is doing besides giving us stuff when he says the just shall live by faith. Amen. Justified people must use their faith. You can't not use faith and please God. Amen. So in, in many times we don't even think about pleasing God as being part of, of what we're supposed to be doing. But, uh, you know, if, if God were a mere man, you'd be trying to please him if you expected him to do something for you. And so we have to understand that God has rights to expect something from us. And me, really what he, his main expectation for us is obedience to his word. Number one is witnesses. So we are to be living witnesses, living epistles of God where God is writing out who we are in front of people and who he is because of our actions and activities the other thing is that we are to increase god's kingdom he expects us to come home at the end of our journey here with something to show for our time here somebody you led to the lord somebody you you know sometimes i tell people do what you can do just do what you forget about being the biggest giver and the the brightest person or the person that gets the biggest answer to prayer and you know there's no competition in god's kingdom amen because that was nailed to the tree already so so nobody's watching you to see how fast you can grow in god and how fast you can start witnessing the people you can start witnessing day one in fact most people do I know I told a people a whole lot, whole lot more people about Jesus when I was first saved. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's what we have to offer the world is our testimony. And so when when we understand what God expects of us, then we can offer up to him the smallest, what we might think the smallest things can be great and meaningful in his kingdom. 
we may not have much time, but the time that you have, spend it in prayer. Spend it reading the word. Spend it asking God to show you somebody who needs a touch from him. Many of you know that under the anointing, you can do anything almost. You know, people who are, are I, I was talking to somebody recently. They, they've never been in a church where they taught them how to pray for the sick or anything, any of believers ministry. And, and see pretty much everybody in this ministry from the little kids on up have faith to pray for somebody. You understand what I'm saying? And expect them to get better. You know, in, in not just, uh, praying for them and wondering, but praying for them with the knowledge that God will cause them to recover amen and so it makes a difference the atmosphere that you're in but it also makes a difference what you offer to the lord sometimes we if we have nothing but time we think oh i wish i i could tithe or i wish i had a bigger income or i wish i could give more in the offering or i wish i could do this and do that give what you have Amen. Because if that's what, what you possess right now, that's what's needed right now. Amen. God didn't send you here to, to be the low man on the totem pole and everybody else is doing better than you are. Amen. He sent you here because what you have is sufficient when you offer it up to him. Amen. It's, it's no big deal in, in small deals. Often I wished I had more money to give. And then when I got more money, I said, I got to give this. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's like that. You know, your carnal mind will click in real fast when cha-ching is mentioned. Huh? It's, it's that way. Amen. That's why faith is so important to live a life of faith because your faith then connects you to your expectation of, of vows that you've made. Remember the little boy, they would tell this testimony of Jan, uh, uh, Jan Krause, Crouch. Yeah. That little boy, you know, she'd tell about the little boy was a paper boy. And he called and bugged them and told them to put him down for a pledge and they thought it was cute. Where's your mom? And she's right here. And then, you know, they, they understood, I guess, that a little boy was probably serious, but they weren't expecting much. See, it's never, and it's a good thing that his offering didn't depend on their faith. (laughs) See, he brought his own faith with him. Amen. And he pledged it up in the thousands. I forget it, what, tens, thousands, five thousands, something like that. And uh, one day they got a check from him money order or something the parents had signed it or or something like that and he you know they they would give you little numbers i think to keep up with those pledges so that they would account for them and they realized it was this little kid that had told them that that he would send them that money and he wrote and shared his testimony he said i i have a paper wrote he said there was a little older lady that was on my route and she passed away And somebody from her family called his parents and said, your son has been left money in this will. And she left a little note for him that she, her day was not, he always brought the paper up and spoke to her or made an attempt to talk to her and and be pleasant to her. 
And she said, nobody else gave me that kind of attention. And so I wanted to bless you for being so kind to me. You see what I'm saying? So you give what you have. Such as you have, you give. If it's a smile, if it's a kind word, whatever it is, you can influence people for the kingdom with your activities. Amen. We don't always have to go up to somebody and say, uh, let me pray for you for to be saved. You know, wish it was that easy. But some people need to get to know God first. You know? I think the best the best question we ever ask people is need prayer because everybody needs prayer and they need prayer for something. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's just a it's just a way that you grow and a way you understand how God uses us and God wants to help people. But I'm telling you, anything you offer to God is sufficient, folks. Don't ever think that it isn't i was reading some uh, uh a book uh recently i i bought it i was i wanted to give it to someone i said well let me check this author out because i read a few things of theirs and so forth and so on but um there was a story about a man who uh he was a physician and he met a young man from um i think the man was from brazil and he was engaged, a young man had been engaged, and his fiance, he told his fiance he felt like the Lord wanted him to go serve in Africa, maybe someplace like Mozambique, where it's very, very, a lot of poverty, a lot of sickness, witchcraft, all kinds of stuff. And uh, she said that uh, she wasn't going to marry him, it's either God or me. And he said, well, I'm very sorry, but... I'm going to have to follow God. So she gave him his ring back and broke the engagement. But he would share his testimony with people and they would go. He he would try to recruit people to go with him to serve over there. And he said that uh, this physician said that that he said he was so convincing and so uh, he's inspirational. He said, I just said, well, let me go over here. I'll go and see. And they paid their own way and all that kind of stuff went over there. And the guy, the doctor said they worked from sun up to sundown. He said when we finally fell in on our little mats in the tent, he said we were exhausted. And after maybe like a couple of weeks or so, they were ready to head back home. And so the guy that had invited him over, he said, well, we 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 want to do. The village has decided to to have a little ceremony for you to bless you. And and so he said everybody wants to give you an offering. And so uh, he said the offerings range from one lady brought us one egg, a hen egg. He said uh, people would give pennies or two pennies or something like that. And he said that was over 20 years ago, and he's gone back over the years over and over again. He said, but he always saved that. He said he saved the money. He said it's about 13 cents. And he said that is, he said that's the biggest gift that I've ever received in my life. That those, amen, praise God. So whatever you have to give, give it as unto the Lord. You, you don't know the meaning it had. They couldn't give those men any money. If they had money, they'd pay for medical care. But, but God was willing to sow into their lives and into their health and so forth and so on. Uh, and they wanted to give back. So they gave what they could. And, and I just want everybody to be satisfied in that. Don't let the devil push you into being competitive or push you and tell you something's not enough or that's not this or that's just always give it gladly, give it willingly, 
give it from your heart and give it with the expectation that God will bless you in return and and it's just so wonderful uh to to live like that and receive the blessings of God when they come your way amen it's just always have an open heart and a humble heart to receive what's given to you those those doctors could have refused what those people but they wouldn't dare insult people like that you understand what I'm saying so it's very very important that we understand to give and to receive that's part of God mechanism for blessing us so praise god so if you'll turn to proverbs 4 20 to 22 we start there because that's a good place to start you must believe that every time you hear the word you're taking medicine amen otherwise it doesn't do you any good so I think it's good to just, when you sit down, you, you know, you think about your word, you say, Lord, I thank you for this medicine that's coming into my body, bringing health to all of my flesh, health to my being. Thank you, Lord, that disease is leaving me. Symptoms are leaving me. Amen. So whatever it is that you're attacking, that's not, uh, that is a trespasser and illegal in your life. Just believe that every time you minister the word of God to you, you are ministering health and healing. You're taking a dose of medicine each and every time you listen to the word of God. It's it's wrong thinking to listen to the word and then sit back and wonder when how long it's going to be that you receive what you need. See what I'm saying? Because if you really believe that's medicine you're taking, amen, then you know you're getting better. You should expect to get better. We do that at least with what the doctors give us. And they'll tell you up front, now we're going to try this. I mean, you know, it works on most people. I ain't going to guarantee you it's going to do nothing, but take it anyway. Amen. And so we we need to take it as prescribed, and that is giving our full attention to it. So Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Remember the good old days we put scripture up on the refrigerator? The good old days are back again. Amen. Because it's good to keep it in front of your eyes. For they are life to those that find them and health or medicine to their flesh. So the word will give you physical healing. Now, most people, and, and see, this is where the the understanding of the word is just so very important. Um, many people will experience things of feeling better, uh, being more energized, having their countenance changed after hearing the word. But many times we don't put it together enough to know that that word is changing us for the better amen because you know people come into the church they'll get all excited during the praise and worship many people that's as far as they go with feeling good they sit down and get bored with the word and but they need to understand that the worship really just opens up your heart so that you can receive the word the word really is is the food that you came the man shall not live by bread alone so instead of us being so concerned about Rona, 
And whether that's taking our job and taking our money and taking our food, we need to stoke up on the word of God. Well, God, I don't have a job to go to. Maybe I just need to stay in your word more. Maybe I need to focus on you more. Maybe let me just try that and see if that won't won't make it better for me. And then pretty soon they called you back to your job or somebody calls you and say, well, there's a job here, uh, you know, and it's a permitted job. They, you know, it's not illegal for you to do this. Amen. So do you want to work and make a little money? And yeah, amen. So, so this is the thing I, I was uh, talking to someone they do outside exterior work and i said boy this is a good season for you because you know all you got to do is go around and then when you have a storm in the neighborhood there's wind damage there's storm damage there's all that kind of damage and so i told him i said i'll be praying for you for this to be your season because this is a time where you could really you know have a lot of work where a lot of people are sitting around doing nothing so praise god so proverbs 4 tells us what the word will do for us it's our medicine it's our health it's our healing it's the health of our countenance it changes the way we think it changes the way we feel changes our peace of mind the word actually makes us whole amen i mean it takes care of the total man <laughs> you know in in, uh, <clears throat> in law there's a a, a principle uh, in law and in the law is really there so that when people are offended or they're damaged, they can be made whole. That's the goal of every court proceeding, every lawsuit, every uh, uh, prosecution, criminal, criminal and civil. It's to make the aggrieved person whole. And that means that you walk away, say you somebody rear-ended your car, and you wound up in the hospital for X number of days, you know, you were on crutches, you lost wages, you lost all of that. Well, they, the law is there to make you whole. That means that everything you lost in every area of your life should be returned to you. Amen. So that you can go through life intact, nothing missing, nothing broken, uh, well-being, peace, you feel good, you sound good, you look good, you act good, nothing's wrong anywhere. That's, that's what the concept of civil law and, and even tort, well, tort law and also a criminal law is about. So, so when, when people say like somebody in your, your home, uh, God forbid, is murdered, well, they want to make you whole. Well, they can't bring that person back but they can get as close as they can. And that's why many times good law enforcement people will look forever to find the offending party so that they can bring you, they, they make you as whole as they can, but but the law is always lacking. They can't do 100%, but God's law can. See, it makes us whole in every, it takes care of every need, everything, uh, you know, if, say for instance, if, if a person, uh, say like you, you got a million dollars from a lawsuit, uh, you know, 1-800-LEE-FREE or whoever the people are, you know, them, them, them ambulance chasing, we used to call them ambulance chasing lawyers, you know, 
they come to you they see your car bent up they hand slip you their card you know what i'm saying jump back in the car go to the office but uh well they gotta make a living too you know what i'm saying but the thing of it is i don't care what you get financially the bible says money answers all things it does to a degree but your your relationship your say for instance you were on the way to a good career at that job and you had to let it go and get another one you had to start all over again well they can't really compensate you for lost um integrity lost esteem lost position uh, you had friends at that company. You had all kinds of things that are missing now because of an injury or wrong that was done you, except for God. He can make you whole, every whit whole. Amen. He can restore your self-esteem. He can restore your integrity. He can restore, restore you to the original purpose for which you were created. Even if you feel like you missed that all of your life. You got me? Say you had an upbringing that that was just not good at all. Amen. God can restore you. Amen. That gives you a reason to hope once you come into kingdoms. That God, I didn't have nothing. You know, I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And I'm thanking you for the fact that you even promised it to me. If I never get it, at least I got somebody in my life that wants to give it to me. You got me? And so uh, these are things that God packs into his covenant when he saves us, when he introduces himself to us. These things he already has in mind for us. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Amen. He said, I'm thinking about doing you good. I'm thinking about blessing you. And that's it. Amen. And so when when we understand that God has that already laid out for us, then we'll understand why the ministry of the word to ourselves is so important. We'll understand why it's so important to meditate on the word of God. Because you won't, it won't be real to you until you spend time focusing on it. Grab a scripture that begins to speak to you and just feast on that until you can. You know how sometimes you, you give somebody, give, my mother used to make fried chicken and kids like fried chicken now i didn't want to admit it but i like smothered chicken too you ever tell, you ever get mad at her because she go put it over there i said mama why you putting that that good chicken in that old gravy until you got the, a biscuit with that gravy and that chicken that chicken fell off the bone and you you ate it off the bone you chewed the bone after that and licked the bone you, you understand what i'm saying that's what we're supposed to do with the word of god you know, we're supposed to take it apart and, and, and enjoy it, you know. Sometimes, you know, you, like for instance, some people like eating a chicken wing. And you like to eat your wing a certain way. You understand what I'm saying? And so you break it and some people like to break it apart. Some people throw away that little end on it. I don't throw them away. That's like the choice morsel. That's the sop right there. Amen. Me and my dog fight over them. She better not. She knows she better not. Amen. And so uh, there are certain ways we like to feast on things in the natural. Well, the word is like that. There are certain ways 
that you like i i'll i may start out casually reading the word and then it'll grab my attention i said wait a minute let me go back and get this and then you know of course when you teach you got to understand everything so then i got a concordance here and a way to look it up there and electronic and then i got paper and all this kind of stuff and you know now sit there i said no lord i went all the way around the mulberry bush trying to get some i never did find but i know it's there somewhere amen and so uh, the word of god is like that it's an adventure if you let it's not just something you have to do you got to make yourself read your bible got do so many chapters a day there are some days i might i might sit there for an hour and a half just reading the word and looking things up and trying to figure out what does this mean and i said lord you told me something about that before and what did you tell me and i gotta put this together now because it's looking good you know that kind of stuff and and really make a meal out of it amen you you can make a meal out of the word of god just like the disciples did gathered up them 12 baskets of fragments amen them fragments was good you know they didn't throw them away amen you know piece of bread here piece of leftover fish there you know that kind of stuff no you don't throw it away you have it later to savor it amen so so god wants us to give his word full attention it's like listening to him it's imagine god talking to you and you got the radio on blasting something else and and got the word open and barely paying attention you don't know you don't do anybody like that you focus on that and give him your full attention pay attention that's why it says my son pay attention to my words forget all them other words you pay attention to what i tell you not not you know don't don't even let it sink in but let what i tell you sink in so uh so in mark chapter 11 we'll go there because we're pretty much saying the same thing as proverbs the essence of the meaning of it's the same about the power of the word and, and what we can have At verse 20 it says and in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots so jesus had told the fig tree uh not to well let me go over there verse 12 if we back up to verse 12 and on the morrow when they were come from bethany he was hungry and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves he came up to it if happily he might find anything on it so he's jesus is trying to see if if this is maybe a tree that's putting out some fruit and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet so jesus is looking for something but it's out of season amen he's looking for something that's out of season as far as the fig tree is concerned now when he tells the fig tree he answers it amen so that fig tree even though it doesn't talk it speaks to him and what it says is i'm not producing for you 
and many people believe that he cursed it because it was symbolic. Fig tree is always symbolic of Israel. And they were not receiving the word. They weren't receiving the Messiah. They weren't receiving. But it says it wasn't the time of figs, but it got cursed anyway. So what does that mean? That means Israel gets another chance. (laughs) Their time is now. And their time will increase, amen, as, as the ages increase. So Israel shut him down first time around, but they'll receive him, amen. They'll receive him later, amen, amen. Praise God, amen. But anyway, when they got back around to the fig tree, it says here, verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter calling to remembrance said to him, Master, behold the tree, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered, said to him, have faith in God. Jesus knew the difference when they were treating him like a man and trying to talk about how wonderful he was, how great he did, all that kind of stuff. And when they were honoring the father and that he was obeying the father. Amen. So Jesus would constantly refocus them, refocus them on what was actually going on. And he was telling them, if you have faith in God, just like I have faith in God, you can say to this tree, amen, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall in the future come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Amen. So we're talking about something that will occur in the future. When in the future, we don't know. Everybody wants it to be the next day like it was with Jesus and the fig tree. Amen. But Jesus didn't have but three years to get his point across to every year. Understand what I'm saying? So a lot of his stuff, and then he had the spirit without measure. He, you know, we have interference from doubt. We have interference. You know, we'll entertain doubt for a long time sometimes until we finally realize, you know what? I got to straighten this up here. I can't let my mind wander like this. I can't let these things distract me and continue to pull me away from what God is saying and and all of that. I got to shape up here. You know, if I want something from God, I got to do this right. You understand what I'm saying? And so what he's saying is, if we don't doubt in our hearts, if we don't doubt in our hearts, now I've heard people say, well, sometimes your mind can doubt. You need to get that out of there too. Why would you even entertain mental doubt? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll, you'll think to yourself, uh, you know, you'll feel real good about what you're praying for and and believe it's on the way and then sometimes you'll have one of them days where you don't believe nothing and if you entertain that and let that hang around it won't be long before you'll walk away from what it is you're believing for amen you need to see your temple as holy keep it swept out and cleaned of every thought the bible says even to cast down imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. <clears throat> You're to put that thing under your feet. 
and say you know what god i'm sorry i'm sitting up here entertaining doubt and wandering wondering when it's going to happen being upset because it hasn't happened yet amen so i'm just going to straighten up and just believe i'm received it when i prayed and that it will be mine amen that's what you say so you have to believe what you have said will come to pass so you have to remember if you're going to believe your words will come to pass you've got to remember that you're not using your faith to make it happen you've stepped into the faith of god because if you think that's your faith you're going to have doubt all over the place you're going to give up and quit you because the first thing you're going to say is what's wrong is it hasn't happened yet you oh must be something wrong with my faith well not if you're justified you operating in the faith of the son of god not if you're standing on his word that's faith in the son of god you're not having faith in yourself anymore he said have faith in god amen i've heard preachers preach you can have faith in your faith no i'm not i'm gonna give my faith over into the word and i'm gonna have confidence in god that he said he would bring it to pass and if i hold on huh sometimes it is about holding on sometimes it's about almost wanting to give up sometimes it's about just having a pity party for a a period of time and wondering that wondering is always self-pity you know that's what i feel because wanderers have given up already amen feeling sorry for yourself is a consolation prize of a loser it is you've already given up because it didn't happen in a miraculous fashion like you wanted it to and listen i've been there i visit that place many times amen you wonder well the last time this happened i got this in x number of days well that was the last time it may happen again like that and it may not happen again like that but can you believe god anyway can you believe him anyway amen i was listening to a friend i this gentleman i know he's a minister and you know has them brooklyn one of them new york accent type people and you know i would always text him back and forth praying for you man of god god bless you thank you sis and you know we just chat like that and and uh i saw him there one day he was saying he he said i finally start walking again i said walking again where you been you know so <laughs> so i texted him found out he's had this horrible infection where he's been flat on his back for five five months in fact i posted his testimony I'm so thankful he decided to share his testimony because it's it it brings glory to god because there was nothing he could do you know flat on his back you know having to wait on people to come and care for him you know and he talks about how he had to trust god minute by minute that at some point he would be better and and he did he recovered his health but you think to yourself my goodness that's a long time uh to be incapacitated you know for somebody who serves god that's first thing we think well i'm serving god what's wrong what i do wrong you know like like god is some kind of you know holy water we can sling at the devil or something you know what i'm saying you know the bible says in the world you'll have trouble 
but but you'll overcome but you got to hold on to god you got to get there amen and getting there is, is holding on to god is the only way to get there amen so so when we talk about having faith in god you either have faith in the creator or you have faith in the creation you either have faith in god who is the supernatural creator of all things or you have faith in man you have faith in yourself you have faith in another human being there's always something that you might want to substitute uh in your faith amen uh it just is true and so if we understand that faith in god really means that we can trust him to bring it to pass many times when we speak our the word we think our word is moving something we think it's our word that's going to cause something to happen right away we think it's what we say it's got to move because i said or it's got to move because i'm speaking the word it's got no you're just holding on to your faith in god and he's going to bring it to pass amen it says here it will come to pass so you don't know what pass is amen but it will come to pass see we have to get beyond the the thinking we got to take ourselves out of it what you are what you have done is you have taken your faith and put it in god once it's put in god it's up to him to do the rest of it. it's up to him to bring it to pass it's up to him the what you need to do though is keep your covenant with him every day now you can't just walk around and, and watch tv all day long and netflix and you know empire and all the people you know empire and come and gone and people still raving over it you know in the reruns and so you know you sit up and 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 look at nonsense all day long that'll make you sour on god right off the bat because you you'll you'll start filling your mind with a bunch of carnality the bible says the carnal mind is the enemy of god it can't even please god it has no desire to please god so why would you feed your carnal frame nonsense all day long feed yourself the word of god let yourself have a hallelujah right in the middle of what you're doing and bring god's presence on the scene to keep you company to help you understand to help you understand god i'm just you know shooting in the dark here i'm hoping that this will come to pass soon i don't want to wait forever but i'm always fearful that it's going to take a long time sometimes we need to be honest with god you understand what i'm saying he knows what you're thinking anyway god i know it'll come when you want it to come but please don't let it be a long time you understand what i'm saying then before you know it it's a long time it's longer than you thought it was going to be you know we get in them fit sometimes but god is the god who will straighten your little fit out amen so in the meantime while you're believing god holding on to your faith begin to serve him begin to have a, 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 a fruitful life in god begin to enjoy your life amen enjoy what you can enjoy in god while you can enjoy it amen praise god yeah it's a good thing so if you have faith in the creator rather than the creation all things are possible 
All things are possible. But you must put your faith in the right place. It has to be in God. It can't be in your confession. It can't be your in your obedience. It can't be in your giving. It can't be in your sacrifice. It, can, it must be in God. So we must be careful to keep our faith in the right place because what we behold will cause it to waver or to be strengthened. So what you pay attention to will cause your faith to either waver or get stronger. It'll either cripple it or it'll strengthen it. So when you put your faith in God, keep your attention in God. Not on how you feel, not on whether today is a good day or a bad day, not on how long it's been that, that this we haven't seen any improvement, God. How You understand what I'm saying? We have to fight to stay focused on what God says. Amen? And invest your full attention in God. The key is keeping faith in God by observing his word, and not focusing on what you want to see removed and eliminated like symptoms. Don't focus on what you can't do. Don't focus on what you want to see change. You have to focus on what God says about you and what his word says. Give it your full attention. In other words, don't even look at what it looks like. I'll tell you how you can prove this works. It works better than we think it does. And I can tell you everybody here has had some experience with this. You've got a list of names of people that you pray for. Amen. Everybody's got it. You don't see those people. You don't, you don't pay any attention to them. You don't check in on them every day to know what's going on. Amen. And and pretty soon you're shocked to know that the answer has come to them already. Huh? We have a little hallelujah, probably a little praise report. Why do you think it came so nicely? Because you wasn't watching over it, looking at it to see if it got any better. See, God will put us in a place where sometimes you'll say, well, God, I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep thinking about wondering, wonder, 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 wonder. How come I'm just wondering like this and I can't seem to get my mind away from wondering? Well, you've already proven to yourself you can. Because you intercede for a name on a piece of paper. You don't see that person. You don't see the doctor's report. You don't know anything about them. And God answers that prayer. Why? Because you ain't looking at them for symptoms. You're not watching them to see how they feel it. You're not taking their temperature every five minutes. Amen? Like you would with yourself. And so we have to realize that God is, and when you worship God during the day and you read his word, you feed on his word, and you look at yourself and say, well, God, I thank you that my answer is that much closer. Today, I spent the, the, some time in your word. I was strengthened by your word. My faith is increased and encouraged by your word. And my answer will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass. Amen. And so we have to give our word, give the word back to yourself sometimes. Let the word minister to you the way it's supposed to minister to you. Amen. And so we want to see symptoms removed, trouble, bills, deficiencies, weaknesses, all of that. And the key is keeping faith in God by observing his word and not focusing on what we don't like. 
Amen. Because when you see things you don't like, it affects you. I remember uh, uh, Zona uh, uh, Hayes, Norval Hayes' daughter, <clears throat> had kidney failure because of drug use when she was younger. Kidneys were bad, and kidneys finally failed. She got a transplant, took a long time waiting for one. The first one was a transplant, then they failed again. And so she told God, she said, God, you got to help me with this. I, they say I need a new kidney and all this kind of stuff. And so God gave her instructions for how to receive her new kidney. And when she went to dialysis, he told her, he said, I don't want you looking at the treatment. I don't want you looking at anything. And she said people would look at her strange because she kept her coat or blanket over her head when she had the dialysis treatment, but she got her new kidney. Amen. By observing nothing but the word of God. And see, when you can, can shut out how you feel, how you don't feel, what you have, what you don't have, when you can shut those things out and not be concerned about that, Amen. People are a little strange. Sometimes we'll know people are believing God for something and we're constantly taking their temperature. How you feeling? How you feeling? When people wanted to share something with you, they come to you with it. You got me? I mean, don't do the devil's work. These people are trying to focus on the word of God and getting better. And here we keep coming up to them, asking them how they feeling, how they doing, what you doing. Like you can do something about it. Yeah, right. Huh? If you're praying for them, keep praying. You don't have to tell somebody every time you see them you're praying for them. <laughs> Give God some glory. You can't bring nothing to pass. Amen. Give God the glory. Let him let him let people know you're praying for him. You understand what I'm saying? And and so we we just have to be like that. Amen. Be discreet. Be respectful. Stay with the word. You don't want anybody reminding you of your symptoms. You know, sometimes you get say start feeling better and all of a sudden somebody come up to you and remind you of something, you know? And so we, you know, you have to be that way. Be be respectful and be discreet because you know, you you just have to understand how God works. And people are and they're not in denial. Amen. And so what if they are? You can't do anything for them anyway. Let them have their denial. You know, and pray for them. God will help them. But if you're denying the the devil the right to put sickness on you, that's called faith. Everything that that is strange to you is not wrong. Amen. 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 Praise God. So uh, giving your word the full attention will cause you to walk supernaturally. Amen. Cause you to walk supernaturally in in, uh, Matthew 14. How much time we have, Alicia? Okay. Nikki, turn the oven off. <laughs> Did she hear me? Praise God. Yeah, tell her I said turn the oven off, but leave the bread in there, okay? All right. Yeah, she's, Brianna's going to tell her, okay? Thank you, honey. So, so in... Uh, Matthew chapter 14. 
start in verse 22. Right away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So Jesus is allowing his disciples, you know, he's like, we got to do this in a hurry. So we can't all roll together. You know, y'all go ahead and I'll catch up with you. Amen. So Jesus is operating in the faith of God at all times. Amen. The disciples sometimes believe, sometimes they don't, just like us. Amen. Sometimes yay, sometimes nay. Depends on what mood we in. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But right away, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, and and it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter answering him and said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there where you are on the water. And he said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Now, this is this is the part I want you to focus on. Never did Jesus quit on Peter. If he tells you he's going to bring something to pass, he will bring it to pass. I don't care how messed up you think your confession is, how messed up you think your faith is, how me- how you messed up and didn't read the word for, for 15 days or two months or however long it was and you finally got back in the word. You understand what I'm saying? You went on a, a non-Holy Ghost vacation from God. Huh? He never quit on him. Every time Peter reached out for more help from Jesus, he was right there. So you can't goof up this covenant. I know we done goofed up a lot of stuff. Huh? But you can't goof this up. Amen. He won't leave us, won't forsake us. <clears throat> Peter's problem was he did not give the word his full attention. Just like we do sometimes. You ever have, you know, where you're feeling real good and you're expecting God to move on your behalf. You're expecting the symptoms to leave, get better, get rid of pills, whatever it is we call better. Amen. You're expecting that. And then all of a sudden you feel like, well, what's wrong? How come it's taking so long? Why, why, what's, what's up with this? You quit paying attention to the word. As long as you gave the word your full attention, you were in there, you felt encouraged, you expected it at any time, you knew it was on the way, and you were your own little cheerleader. And then after a while you start wondering, well, what's its attention? It's nothing else but you, you focused on something else other than the word of God. 
That's why God tells us to give our full attention to it and don't depart. Because if you depart, you leave your faith uh, inactive. Your faith isn't working for you. If you depart from the word, you'll start feeling like a natural person. Just like Peter, when he first he stepped out of that boat, he was just like Jesus. Because he was on his way to him and he stayed focused on him. The minute he paid attention to the created thing rather than the creator, he started to sink. Having faith and confidence in the natural will sink you every single time. And see, many times we're we're wondering, when you start wondering how long it's going to take, you've already gotten distracted from trusting God. Huh? It's just true. I don't care how many of us are guilty of it. It's true. That won't, that won't get it in your house. That won't get it in your garage. That won't get it in your door. Being distracted and letting your mind wander onto what, what's going on here. Why isn't the natural changed yet? Huh? Many times we want the natural to change so we won't have to pay so much attention to the word. We can go AWOL. Huh? Amen. Yeah, I can put this Bible away. Wait till I get my healing. I can put this Bible away. Uh, no, you can't. Amen. And you'll feel it sooner or later. You know, I should have stayed with that word. Huh? huh? Well, you can get with it now. Amen. When you get in a situation like Peter, if you're going to get, see, Peter could have walked over to Jesus even after he started to sink. Huh? Huh? He was on his way, just like us. We're on our way to receiving our healing. And then we start looking at the fact of how we feel. I wonder if I'm getting, it seemed like I'm getting worse instead of better. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. What's wrong? You're starting to sink. Just like Peter was. You begin to sink back into your old ways. You're sinking back into uh, having confidence in symptoms. You're sinking back into letting the devil bug you. You're starting to sink. Now, in order for Peter to get up and continue to walk, huh? what happened? Why did he get up and keep walking? Look at the Bible. What does it say? He changed his confession. What did he say when he first got up and jumped out that boat and started flexing his spiritual muscle and all that? Let me walk out there. Let me, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there like you are. Then after he started to sink, what did he say? Lord, save me. Uh-huh. Change his confession. That's what the devil does to us. He gets you so focused on the natural you start to think, well, I don't really need all that. I, I, I can make do with. 
Well, you know, going to doctors ain't so bad. Huh? Nothing wrong with going to doctors. But when you first started out and found out you had a, a, a symptoms or a diagnosis, what did you ask God for? God, I need a miracle. They say what I have is incurable. I need a miracle. People do this all the time. They get they get weak. The devil wears them out. I don't really need I don't really need to have all of this like that. I, you know, I, pills don't hurt anything. I, you know, I just have to keep taking pills. That's all. That isn't all. And that isn't what you ask God for. And there's no promise in the Bible that says you just have to keep taking pills. Jesus never factored in you taking pills. That's not kingdom stuff. Amen. Now don't get condemned. Take your pills until the kingdom keep, kicks in. But don't give up. You understand what I'm saying? Don't give up on believing God for your miracle. And to get you off of whatever you're on. Because he that's the plan. That's what you asked him for. And see, the devil wants you to compromise. He wants you to downgrade. Take the expectation out. All of that stuff. If you're believing for restoration, if if the devil took took your your uh, uh, mental stability, you got to get that back. If he took, uh, you know, puts if there are scars on you from something that happened, those scars have to be healed. All of those things, God wants to restore all of that to you. All it takes, you just believe in Him to do it. You, it don't take no effort on your part, except not quit. And not change your expectation based on what you think the natural is all about. You know, basing it on what's going on in the natural. Lowering your expectation. All that kind of stuff. You don't do that. You keep it the same. So Peter got saved instead of walking on water. He could have easily walked to Jesus because he easily started. Only thing he could have, should have done was got his eyes off the wind and the waves and the fear that it stirred up in him. So he had more respect of the fear than he had of God. And so when he got ready to sink, he changed his confession. Amen. You don't change your confession ever. You keep confessing the same thing. Devil, I don't care how much you try to torment me with all of this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Look at there. They ain't getting no better. Look at that. How long you been praying for that? Look at that. Huh? (laughs) Would have been a different story if Peter had refocused, got his attention off the natural, the wind and the waves and all that kind of stuff. Huh? So if you put your faith in God to make it happen, it will happen. But you got to trust him to do it. You got to trust him with the timing. You got to trust him and you have to quit condemning yourself because of what you don't do enough. What is enough confessing? What's enough? You understand what I'm saying? We have no clue what we even, you know, when those thoughts come to you, 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 you know what? You say, Lord, you know what your word says? Your grace is sufficient. Amen. Amen. Everything I do by your grace is sufficient. Father, I'm going to uh, speak the word over my body by your grace. 
I'm going to read my word today by your grace. Everything by your grace. And it's all sufficient in everything in my life. You cannot put faith in yourself because you will lose ground with God. Once you start putting the responsibility on you to read enough, confess enough, pray enough, or whatever enough, you put the responsibility on you and you take it off God. For instance, you might say, do I confess a word often, loud, convincingly? (laughs) You must say what you want to see come to pass, and you must say what you want um, without doubt in your heart. And that's the most important thing. You must commit to do it until it comes to pass. So when you set out to believe God for something, you've got to commit to stay with it until it comes to pass. You must believe you receive it and take it when you pray at the time you pray. That's when you receive it. Amen. What happens between them and the time that it actually shows up in the natural depends on how how much you stay with what you originally believed. Amen. You have to go back and say, now, God, wait a minute. I, I asked you for so and so and such and such. I was praying with somebody that that had some some situations in a court and had reached a settlement and I I told him I said, "Well, what did you originally ask God for?" You know, that's the that's the either make or break the friendship question. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you don't say it to embarrass them, you don't say it to hurt them. Even though people get hurt when you say certain things, that's not your. They're going to be hurt anyway. See, it's sometimes anytime we're challenged, it's an offense to us. It should be a help to you. And so I, I asked, asked the person, I said, what did you originally? Well, I said, didn't we agree? For such and such? We did. I said, well, why don't you still hold on? I don't care what you gave them people on paper. Oh, Pastor Brockner, you're confusing me. How many people you know have been divorced? And put it down on paper. But anybody ever ask God what he wanted out of the situation? But you divorced anyway. What do you do now? Well, it's up to you. You want to keep believing God? When you stood before God and made them vows, what did you, what did you promise? What do you think God wants? He wants to help you keep your word. He don't care about them papers. You think a, a, a piece of paper is stronger than a blood covenant? So I told the person, I said, you know what? I said, you need to repent. I said, let's just go to God and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I said, you know, I said, I realize that, you know, the the lawyer you had is stressed out. You know, he was probably doing it for little or no money. He's trying to help you out. and He's got entangled it. I said, sometimes us Christians need to tell these lawyers, listen, now you got to be in for a long, bumpy ride if you're going to roll with me. 
because I got an enemy called the devil. There ain't no telling what he might throw in the game. You might have to sign up for about 15 years here with me in order for us to get this accomplished. You know what I'm saying? So I said, okay, you know, you got a settlement. The lawyer's off the hook. I said, but until they come to collect, I said, you tell God I'm not paying them anything. You understand what I'm saying? That's not what you asked him for. That ain't right. That's wrong. You lie. I be lying. Oh, no, 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 no. You standing on the word of God. You standing on promises. You standing on promises. You see how hard it can get sometimes for you to get what you, to get that word to come to pass, to stay with God until that word comes to pass. I said, nope, we're going to go back to what we originally prayed. What did you originally pray? Because they had total peace about settling. And I said, well, I can understand that. I said, God wants appreciates this young man helping you out. I said, but he's come to the end of his faith with this. It needed to end. This is how it ends but God. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian Salvation Army across the street building. See, we live in a higher, this, the kingdom of God is higher. There's a higher wisdom. There's a higher, you understand what I'm saying? If you keep your faith in God to make it happen, it'll happen. Sometimes you'll get nervous about, it doesn't seem to have changed any. I've been praying and praying and praying, and it's still the same. You don't know what's going on in the invisible realm. Now, you praying to an invisible God for an invisible something in the invisible realm, and you're going to check it out by what you see? But isn't that what we do? We're always peeking in there, trying to see what's going on. You wouldn't know, know what's going on if you could see in the realm of the Spirit. All you got to say, Lord, you know what? I thank you. Uh, forgive me for being so nosy. I'm going to wait for you to bring it to pass. You understand what I'm saying? Excuse me. I done got stupid again. You know, we're trying to run your business for you. You know what you're doing. I, I know you're going to bring it. I worship you, Lord. I thank you. Just keep worshiping God. Amen. He'll do a lot for worshipers. So we have to believe we receive when we pray. So what does your confession do? You believe in your heart. Your heart, really, when the Bible talks about your heart's your spirit. So if you believe that there's faith coming out of your spirit and you confess the word from your spirit, it's doing something. It's bringing health to your whatever you're praying for. It's bringing life and health to your your body. But also your spirit is ministering to your mind. Your spirit man is convincing your carnal man that he don't know what he's talking about. Huh? And it's convincing him to shut up and go somewhere and leave you alone and quit dipping in your business. 
Huh? So there's a ministry of your spirit to your carnal soul that causes your carnal soul to shut up and, and quit getting involved in everything. Amen? It causes your your, your soul to, to, to wither up, not be so interested in knowing everything and trying to run stuff. And, huh? It eliminates his influence in your being. Once you believe you received it, it's good not to to refrain from keeping asking. Keeping asking really means that you probably went off from. So you have to sit down and just minister to yourself and say, you know what? Now I'm going to stop this because I received this already. You see what I'm saying? I, I prayed for this and I believed I received it when I prayed the first time. So it's mine. Because your, your carnal man can rob you of the faith that you ever got it by faith. You got me? When you get it by faith, it's, it's tangible in the spirit, but not in the natural. So you may not feel anything. You may not have any kind of sensations to tip you off that, that it's real. But you read it in the Bible and God says he'll do it for you and you you accept it and you receive it. Yeah, this is mine. Amen. You may have to spend many months just convincing yourself that you did receive it when you prayed. You got me? You do what you need to do to shore up your faith, to encourage yourself to believe God, to to keep feeding that part of you that believes that this is real and don't let it exhaust you. As to how long it's taking. Because you don't know how long it's going to take. Only God knows that. Amen. So your receiving should settle a matter. Amen. Once you receive it, it's a done deal. It's settled. So there should be no more um, doubting. No more agitation. No more fear. Fearful thinking. And, and if it does rise up in you, you say, no, wait a minute. Now I received that when I prayed. And it's mine. And I'm not going to doubt. Devil, you can't get me to doubt it. Amen. And just keep fighting for the the fact that you received it already. You may find a need to minister the word to yourself through your confession. Oh, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. In spite of what I feel like, in spite of what kind of... Good night's sleep I had, bad nights, what's inside, in spite of side effects from pills I got to take. Till my change come, as Job said, amen. Your change will come. God's promised it. You haven't promised this to yourself, and you're not trying to convince him to do something for you. He's promised it already. you got to believe he's going to do it, amen. Your mind may doubt, especially if you focus on the natural. But confession helps to silence the doubtful mind because your heart is where faith resides. So your mind can be haywire, but your heart still holds on because that's where your faith is. It's in your heart. Amen. Amen. God, God contacts us through the heart or spirit, not the head. So it is what's in your heart that you want to express. When you start to worship God and you start to express love and adoration for him, 
It's easy to express faith in everything that he's promised you. You got to get in the kingdom to express the kingdom. You got me? It's it it becomes real and tangible to you through contacting God. When you make contact with him, your spirit then begins to respond and express what's in your heart. And what's in your heart is that you know that you know that you know that you received your healing when you prayed. You know that. And you've got to stand on that and not waver from it. And Father, I thank you that that I've received my healing when I prayed. I thank you, Lord, that no matter how long it takes, I've received my healing already. Amen. And it doesn't matter when these things leave me. Yeah, I have some days when I don't feel as well, but you take care of me during those days. Those are the days I crawl up in my Bible. Amen. And those are the days that I trust you even more. If you can continue to say you have it, it will be yours. Faith continues and does not quit, but it continues to expect it to come to pass. It's that little something in you that comes to life whenever you begin to speak the word. That's faith. Amen. It begins to get rejoicing and joyful on the inside of you. Nobody knows how long. Healing, to a degree, is immediate. You receive the faith for your healing immediately. And sometimes the gifts and the anointing will meet your faith and you can get relief from symptoms. But sometimes God expects us to hold on to the word and continue to feed on the word. Amen. And so once you understand the process, the process is keeping your spirit man engaged and powerful and strengthened in the word. That's the process. You're, you're wanting your spirit man to feed your being so that you can start uh, so disease and symptoms and everything that's not like God will continue to leave your life as long as you meditate on the word healing is growing on the inside of you it's getting bigger on the inside of you as you meditate on the word and see many times we'll get in a confession like some kind of rote thing like just saying the word saying the word saying the word saying the word and with no understanding of what's happening inside of us See, if it says it's medicine, that means sickness is being driven out of you. Every time you minister the word to yourself, it means health is springing forth speedily, just like the word says. Amen. The Bible says if you put away certain things, get rid of the carnality. Amen. Quit, quit talking about people, pointing the finger and, you know, picking out faults and all that nonsense stuff. Put that away. The Bible says that's a fast God's chosen. Amen. To fast from shenanigans, nonsense, mayhem, and foolishness. Amen. Just put all that stuff down and allow the word then to become rich on the inside of you. Let the word minister to you and and allow that word to grow. It's growing health. Amen. You have a harvest coming on the inside of you. Once you start ministering the word to yourself, you have a harvest of health coming to you. Amen. Because it will spring forth speedily, the word of God says. I mean, it'll start popping up in you and not stop. Because that's the way God created us and that's what he wants us to do. Amen. So take your healing 
because he's already given it to you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for blessing us with your word. We thank you, Lord, for understanding that your word is very powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. So we thank you, Father, for blessing us with health, healing, and wholeness. Father, I pray for those who are watching on the Internet and watching later, uh, uh, either live stream or watching when a replay comes, Father. And I pray for those people. I break fear off of you. Fear will not grip you. You are not afraid of a germ, a bug, and a virus in the name of Jesus. God has not given you the spirit of fear for anything but power and love and a sound mind. I thank you, Lord. Let them focus on their health and their healing. Believe you receive it now. We are praying for you. Father, I thank you that they will know they receive health, healing, and wholeness, their immunity from all disease, immunity from all hurt, harm, and injury. And we thank you, Lord, for your covenant of wholeness and soundness and healing and deliverance from every wickedness and every disease. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Again, praise the Lord.